Chapter 3 The Witnesses Losing confidence in the truthfulness of Joseph's claims made me think of the witnesses to the plates and how their testimonies lend credibility to the entire narrative. However, research turns up issues of their own. These included the fact that no scribe ever saw the plates. The three and eight witnesses only saw the plates with their spiritual eyes. The printed testimony did not reflect literal events, and nearly all the witnesses left the church. The Scribes During the translation process, Joseph was either behind a curtain or the plates sat underneath a cloth in a box in another room. No scribe to the translation process was ever allowed to see the plates. Emma only felt the plates through a cloth on the table. Why wouldn't Joseph want anybody to see the plates? The Three Witnesses The history of the church records the event where Martin Harris, David Wimmer, and Oliver Cowdery became the first witnesses to the gold plates after Joseph Smith. Joseph describes how the men gained their witness of the plates in a purely visionary setting. Not many days after the above commandment was given, we four, Martin Harris, David Whitmer, Oliver Cowdery, and myself, agreed to retire into the woods and tried to obtain, by fervent and humble prayer, the fulfillment of the promises given in the above revelation, that they should have a view of the plates. We accordingly made choice of a piece of woods convenient to Mr. Whitmer's house, to which we retired, and having knelt down, we began to pray in much faith to Almighty God to bestow upon us a realization of these promises. According to previous arrangement, I commenced by vocal prayer to our Heavenly Father, and was followed by each of the others in succession. We did not at the first trial, however, obtain any answer or manifestation of divine favor in our behalf. We again observed the same order of prayer, each calling on and praying fervently to God in rotation, but with the same result as before. Upon this, our second failure, Martin Harris proposed that he should withdraw himself from us, believing, as he expressed himself, that his presence was the cause of our not obtaining what we wished for. He accordingly withdrew from us and we knelt down again, and had not been many minutes engaged in prayer, when presently we beheld a light above us in the air, of exceeding brightness, and behold, an angel stood before us. In his hands he held the plates which we had been praying for these to have a view of. He turned over the leaves one by one so that we could see them and discern the engravings thereon distinctly. He then addressed himself to David Whitmer and said, David, blessed is the Lord and he that keeps his commandments. When, immediately afterwards, we heard a voice from out of the bright light above us saying, These plates have been revealed by the power of God, and they have been translated by the power of God. The translation of them which you have seen is correct and I command you to bear record of what you now see and hear. Joseph Smith Joseph Smith, David Wimmer, and Oliver Cowdery saw an angel and the plates after Martin Harris withdrew from the group. Joseph goes on to tell how he left David and Oliver and went in pursuit of Martin Harris, whom he found at a considerable distance, fervently engaged in prayer. Then they both joined in prayer, and according to Joseph, quote, the same vision was opened to our view, end quote. Remember, the word vision means dream, not reality. It is important to note that Joseph never claimed to have carried the plates into the woods where they prayed. Praying to see the plates in the woods seems rather odd if Joseph actually possessed physical plates. Why was prayer necessary to see the plates if they were in fact a physical object? Martin Harris's behavior also seems strange if the plates actually existed. 
the testimony of the three witnesses is not accurate. Printed in the Book of Mormon is the testimony of the three witnesses. It is not an accurate account of the events, but a reconstruction of multiple experiences. Quote, and we also testify that we have seen the engravings which are upon the plates, and we declare, with words of soberness, that an angel of God came down from heaven, and he brought and laid before our eyes that we beheld and saw the plates, and the engravings thereon, and we know that it is by the grace of God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ that we beheld and bear record that these things are true. End quote. The language in this statement makes it seem as if all four men experienced this event together. However, the history of the church passage clearly shows that the Martin Harris vision happened separately. Not only that, but later statements made by David Whitmer and Martin Harris show that the angel brought additional objects for them to see. This is curiously left out of the signed testimony of the three witnesses. We not only saw the plates of the Book of Mormon, but also the brass plates the plates of the Book of Ether, the plates containing the records of the wickedness and secret combinations of the people of the world down to the time of their being engraved, and many other plates. There appeared, as it were, a table with many records or plates upon it, besides the plates of the Book of Mormon. Also the sword of Laban, the directors, the ball which Lehi had, and the interpreters. David Whitmer Why fail to mention the other plates and important Nephite artifacts? The Eight Witnesses On March 25, 1838, Martin Harris testified in public that none of the three or eight witnesses saw or handled the physical plates. The statement caused Apostles Luke S. Johnson, Lyman E. Johnson, John F. Boynton, High Priest Stephen Burnett, and LDS 70 Warren Parrish to leave the church. In a letter to Lyman Johnson, Stephen Burnett wrote, I have reflected long and deliberately upon the history of this church and weighed the evidence for and against it, loath to give it up. But when I came to hear Martin Harris state in public that he never saw the plates with his natural eyes, only in vision or imagination, neither Oliver Cowdery nor David Whitmer, and also that the eight witnesses never saw them and hesitated to sign that instrument for that reason, but were persuaded to do it, the last pedestal gave way. In my view, our foundations was sapped, and the entire superstructure fell a heap of ruins. I was followed by W. Warren Parrish, Luke Johnson, and John Boynton, all of who concurred with me. After we were done speaking, Martin Harris arose and said he was sorry for any man who rejected the Book of Mormon, for he knew it was true. He said he had hefted the plates repeatedly in a box with only a tablecloth or handkerchief over them, but he never saw them, only as he saw a city through a mountain, and said, that he never should have told the testimony of the eight was false if it had not been picked out of the air, but should have let it pass as it was. Stephen Burnett. On April 5, 1839, member of the church Theodore Turley challenged John Whitmer, one of the eight witnesses, to either affirm or deny his testimony regarding the gold plates. Whitmer responded, saying, I now say I handled those plates. They were shown to me by a supernatural power. John Whitmer. Why would a supernatural power be necessary if the plates actually existed? Couldn't Joseph just invite the men he wanted to be witnesses over to his house, take the plates out of the box where he kept them and pass them around? Why are visions and supernatural means necessary to see the plates? 
Published on Joseph Smith papers are the signed statements by the three and eight witnesses, where it is revealed that both statements and all signatures are in the handwriting of Oliver Cowdery. The official statements printed in the Book of Mormon are not signed with original signatures, dated, or given a specific location where the events occurred. These are not 11 legally sworn statements. Rather, they are simple accounts pre-written, pre-signed, and agreed upon at some later time, especially when considering that not a single witness actually saw the plates. Where are the plates now? After completing the Book of Mormon, Joseph had no more use of the plates, and he gave up possession of them. Wilford Woodruff records, President Young said in relation to Joseph Smith returning the plates of the Book of Mormon that he did not return them to the box from where he had received them, but he went into a cave in the Hill Cumorah with Oliver Cowdery and deposited those plates upon a table. Wilford Woodruff. In an interview, David Wimmer recalls, Where are the plates now? In a cave, where the angel has hidden them up till the time arrives when the plates which are sealed shall be translated. God will yet raise up a mighty one, who shall do his work till it is finished and Jesus comes again. And where is that cave? In the state of New York. David Whitmer. According to Wilford Woodruff and David Whitmer, it seems as though they are still here on earth in a cave in the hill Camorra. Surely the church must be in possession of the plates as there is a visitor center at the hill Camorra. The Succession Crisis For more than three years after Joseph and Hiram Smith's deaths, several people competed to assume the role as prophet and leader of the church. Claiming to be the new rightful successor were Sidney Rigdon, Brigham Young, James Strang, Samuel Smith, William Smith, Joseph Smith III, and others. Sidney Rigdon, first counselor in the first presidency to Joseph Smith, argued that by virtue of revelation the prophet himself, he should be rightful heir to Joseph's position. Doctrine and Covenants section 20 verse 6 reads, quote, And again verily I say unto thy brethren, Sidney Rigdon and Frederick G. Williams, their sins are forgiven them also, and they are accounted as equal with thee in holding the keys of this last kingdom, end quote. James Strang asserted that, unlike the others, he had physical proof of his prophetic calling. He produced a three-page letter supposedly written by Joseph Smith naming Strang as successor. While the wording of the letter is somewhat ambiguous and the handwriting does not match Joseph's, it still convinced many members of the church to follow Strang. Brigham Young, fighting between individual competitors, lasted three years until the most senior member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, Brigham Young, was voted, quote, President of the whole Church of Latter-day Saints, end quote, by the remaining members of the Twelve. Joseph Smith III. While Joseph Smith and five others were imprisoned at Liberty Jail in Missouri, his young son, Joseph III, was brought to visit on several occasions. Imprisoned with Joseph was Apostle Lyman White. Lyman did not agree with Brigham's new position as leader of the church because he witnessed Joseph Smith ordain his oldest son, Joseph III, to be his successor. Joseph called on me shortly after we came out of Liberty Jail to lay hands with him on the head of a youth and heard him cry aloud, You are my successor when I depart, and heard the blessings poured on his head. Later, the fifties assembled should have called on all the authorities of the church down to the lay members from all the face of the earth and then have called on young Joseph and held him up before the congregation of Israel to take his father's place in the flesh. 
Lyman Wright. None of the three scribes of the Book of Mormon, Emma Smith, Sidney Rigdon, and Oliver Cowdery, wanted to be affiliated with the new Brigham Young-led church. None of the three witnesses wanted to be part of Brigham's church, and none of the eight witnesses did either. While Samuel Smith and Joseph Sr. did not end up leaving the church like the rest, it is important to note that the church was financially supporting them at the time. Once Brigham took over as president, not a single surviving scribe or member of the three and eight witnesses decided to stay with the church anymore. A little context. First, no scribe was allowed to see the plates. Second, all of the witnesses saw the plates spiritually, not physically. Third, signatures of the witnesses are the handwriting of Oliver Cowdery. And last, all witnesses of the plates left the church, save two members of the Smith family. How much credibility can we give the testimonies of those that have claimed to see the plates when the records show that it was seen in visions, not physically, as the church teaches? How much trust can we put in the statements of these witnesses when all of them that were being financially supported by the church ended up leaving?